calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But the weird thing was this audition was in person. And I know that, I know it, it was weird. So I was like, oh, I guess this must be how it normally is since it was my first audition. And every audition since then has just been a self-tape. So I guess it wasn't a normal thing. <laughs> and I know when it's a big audition, when my uh, agent tells me, you should probably get a reader for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Didn't tell me that this time because it, it was an in-person audition. But when I went in, it was crazy because the audition they sent me was in a whole other language, uh, Mandarin, which I mm. speak Cantonese. <laughs> uh, so you're like, excuse me, uh, this isn't computing. <laughs> this isn't computing. So I got on a FaceTime call with my mom. I'm like, these lines are in Mandarin. I need you to help me right now. <laughs> world and welcome back to another episode of thanks for coming in i'm your host jillian claire if this is your first time tuning in this is the show where i speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry and they make them share some uh difficult or bad or funny audition stories so this episode was supposed to come out last week and then i got so busy in production on um the case within which is the new fiction podcast that i am producing and lending my voice to And it was amazing. We recorded all eight episodes last week, and now we're in post-production. So apologies for this episode being late. I was just super wrapped up in that, and um, I got a little burnt out, (laughs) as one does. Um, Speaking of episodes, as a heads up, I might be going on hiatus pending the SAG after strike. The union has announced that actors will not be doing promotion for their new films and, and shows and anything um, involved in AMPTP stuff. So with that said, um, even though sometimes we don't have people who are in AMPTP shows and films um, on promoting their new work, we want to make sure that we are following um the sag after guidelines as I am a sag after leader and I chair a committee out here in LA 
we want to follow the guidelines. We want to stand in solidarity. I'll be out there picketing if it comes to that, which we will know uh, in a few short hours here. So just so that you're aware, the show might be going on hiatus. So just check our Instagram. Um, I'll be posting stuff over there and keeping you guys updated on what's going on with the uh, strike if it happens. So there's that. little bit of info. This might be the last episode for uh, the next few weeks. That said, let's go ahead and get to today's guest. Today we have Victor Lau. He stars in the brand new film Joyride, which is out in theaters now. And uh, he was on Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. He has a very interesting story of how he became an actor. And we had a great time. So here is my conversation with Victor. And welcome to the show, Victor. Yay. Hi, Jillian. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you. We have so much to talk about. Um, But first off, how's your summer going? Because it is hot as hell here in LA. It is gorgeous. I was actually just in LA for the Joyride premiere, like literally just last week. And it was beautiful. I thought it was going to be hotter there, but it's actually hotter here in Vancouver, Canada, which is not what I expected at all. I feel like that's very unexpected. Um, (laughs) Amazing. I mean, it did spike the past couple days. It's like in the 90s, which is too much for me. Yeah. I live, I'm like literally sitting right next to my AC right now. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. I totally understand. I mean, but you, at least you get all the seasons up there, right? You get all the snow and all the fall and we're just stuck with rain or sunshine. There is no in between. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's great to look at, but when you're when you're stepping in like three feet of snow and people don't have <laughs> snow tires, it's all hell breaks loose. All hell. <laughs> um, well, one of the first questions I love to start with on the show is um, something that may seem silly, but it it really is difficult for many people to pinpoint, and that is what was the moment you decided you wanted to become an actor? I. You know what? There's that's a good okay. I would say it's on and off. I think of it like a camel's back. Okay. (laughs) You do the first slump. I'm I'm really young. I fall in love with acting. Um, I watch Disney Channel. I fell in love with Glee. Mm. So I get into high school. I'm like, I am devoting my time and my life into acting and dance and theater. It's all I want to do. To the point where I wouldn't even go to high school for anything else but that. I would go to the drama class and then leave. <laughs> oh, my God. It was really, you know, and I, the teachers loved me. And so I got away <laughs> with it. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't recommend you do the same. Um, no. Don't do this, kids. <laughs> uh, and then dance kind of took me away from acting because I, luckily, I dance really it gave me the life that I got to live now. And mm. I feel like I've kind of done and um, accomplished all the things that I've wanted to do in dance. And I was always wondering, okay, what else is there? Right. You know, like, what's next? And so I always thought maybe acting is the thing I should go back to. And I have a few dancer friends that are doing acting as well. And I've always wondered if I could just jump back into it at my Mm. age of 27 and I begged my agents I was like give me one audition just give me one acting audition let me try it out let me see how it feels back in my body and 
um, I booked it. It was crazy. Like my first acting audition that they gave me, and they were kind of hesitant to give me the audition too, because you know, like zero training back from high school, like no training at all. And so, oh my falling gosh, back, yeah, falling back into it and getting <laughs> that that approval of like, yes, you can still do this. Um, made me fall in love with it so much more, and getting to mm. feel like a student again has mm. been so so refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And so getting to try out this new thing with acting is, has been so life-changing for me and I'm finding a new light. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say at the ripe age of 27, like <laughs> rejoining um, as a 30 year old, <laughs> I can tell you, no, it's, you know, I think the industry, um, I think there's this weird thing that people think that you have to like make it by 25. Right. Cause you like, see like the J-Laws or the Emma Stones and all of those people who've made it before they hit that number. And then you're somehow like, it's this thing within our own heads that says we can't do it after a certain age. But I find that people who come into the industry actually later and skip that whole like prodigy time that ingenue time actually Mm -hmm. find more success because they aren't stuck in that. Very true. I think uh, a big inspiration of my Michelle Yeoh, like having the breakthrough that she's had this last little bit has been so inspiring for all of us, especially uh, being Asian and just seeing that representation um, Mm. really means a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, Michelle is like the best. (laughs) So good. She's so so good. Um, Well, okay. So tell me a little bit about then that transition for you, like emotionally, how was that going from, you know, using dance as your way of catharsis to now using acting? Yeah. I, you know what? I think I will never leave my love for dance. I still do a lot of things with dance and it's my way of feeling. Mm. Um, Whereas acting, I feel like, I honestly feel like, with acting, I'm getting to just be something else, something greater than myself. Yeah. Um, and it's just refreshing because in dance, as much as you're emoting, what you're feeling is what you're feeling and only you are feeling that on stage. Everybody mm. else can have their opinion on what they're feeling, but no one's going to have that same experience as you on stage. Mm. Um, and so getting to just play and having the multiple multiple personalities to be able to play it just feels really nice too um sorry i'm kind of rambling no that's what this is for we love rambling (laughs) it's supposed to be a ramble yeah Yeah, i don't know it's just like it's a new thing for me and i'm just excited to be able to learn again so then okay so it's new you're back in this you're you're learning are you going to any acting classes are you studying with any coaches what's that been like for you now yes I mean it's been hard trying to get into class mainly because I've been teaching uh, I've been um booking (laughs) like every time I almost get into a class a project comes on and I'm like oh I I booked it I actually can't take this class for this month sorry let's try next month <laughs> and then a wait list forms and then I'm like okay maybe it's the week the month after that and then another yeah. thing books I'm like oh 
I really, but I, I'm a huge advocate for learning on set. I've learned so much from watching my peers and, and asking their opinion on things and asking the directors like what I could do better and, mm. and how I could do better and come to work more prepared the next day. And mm-hmm. I think those moments are so valuable and almost things that you can't, that can't be taught in an, in an acting class. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all collaboration. If you're doing it in an acting class, you're collaborating with a scene partner and you're you're doing things together and the acting coach is kind of the director and saying, no, do it this way. And so it really is, you know, being on set is like the ultimate class. It's the ultimate learning experience. I mean, I even tell that to people who say they want to get into filmmaking. I'm like, just get on a set and mm-hmm. you will learn so much more in your first day than you will in like six months in class true. very <laughs> true um well I want to go back here a little bit did you go to college what was your like experience coming out of high school with your love of the arts I mean I know you said you barely went to the other classes so what was that like for you how did you find your way into you know being a dancer as a full-time job yeah it was I did not have the conventional route um from 16, I got scouted into a international team for to compete against the world for Canada. Um, oh my gosh! So, yeah, and so okay. that's why I kind of put all my eggs into this dance basket. I was like, "Oh my god, my star, my my star is shining the brightest here. Maybe this is the route I should go." And um, I started dancing and training my butt off, and eventually I started choreographing and. I've had opportunities to travel across the globe and teach, which has been Mm. phenomenal. Um, But it was scary for a bit. You know, there's not that many jobs for dancers out here. And um, especially living in Vancouver, Canada, where we're blessed, especially in terms of just Canada, because I think it's just Vancouver, Toronto. So, but it's definitely not as, as bountiful as places like LA and New York. And it's, hard for us Canadians to get over there Um, Mm -hmm. but I was like you know what I'm gonna make it work I love this I'm not good at anything else Um, (laughs) I didn't go to college I did go to university because I'm just not a school person I from a very young age I uh, I knew that I my place was in front of an audience uh, no matter what form that may take Uh, and I guess dance was the driving force and we're just here ready to see what's next (laughs) <laughs> okay, so how did your parents feel about that? Mm, mm, as you know, Asian parents are, <laughs> when you tell them you want to go into the arts, you're basically telling them that you don't want to make money. <laughs> That's what they think. <laughs> yeah, I they've kinda... like already put you to bed. They're like, nope, <laughs> don't even. You're They're kind of just laughing at me at that point. <laughs> <They're> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it was it, it to take some convincing and you know mm-hmm. what uh there it, it came to a point where i just had to tell her you know what? stop supporting me i'm going to show you why i can make this work mm. and when i started to to make the money when i started to buy my own cars it just made her feel like okay my son has got it down i don't need to worry and that's honestly my biggest push uh is my mom i want to make her proud and i want to show her that she didn't make any wrong decisions bringing me here oh I love that that is so sweet oh my god love you mom I love you shout out to mom hi mom um 
so you you worked on some things as a dancer in the film and TV world. Can you tell me what that was like and how that prepared you to to really mm-hmm. become the actor that you are now? You know, my time working as a dancer, I was not signed. Um, mm. I was working as a dancer on side for about three years. I, I was so blessed to be able to work on sets like Descendants 3 and Zoe's. Um, and it was a learning curve. So many things I did not know. Um, like what a buyout was. <laughs> like, yeah. I literally knew <laughs> like, nothing. What? Like what? I get paid double? <laughs> like who, <laughs> who tells you these things? And, and there's just so many things to learn just as a dancer. I think I... I've gotten very street smart mm-hmm. with being able to just run my own little business for a little bit. And uh, being able to call myself successful as a self-employed dancer was very important. I became a union member before I even got signed, uh, which felt amazing to me. Just you yeah. know, being able to tell my mom, hey, I have, I, I, I'm covered for dental. <laughs> that, mom, that was a, mom, I have dental coverage. I We're fine dental. now. Yeah. yeah. And when you become 60, you'll also have dental coverage because <laughs> then I could sign you off as my dependent. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So funny. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. And back to the show. Where were we? I think we were on um, just Descendants 3 and yes. filming as a dancer. But, I mean, now that we're here, let's go ahead and talk about Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies, where, mm-hmm. I mean, you had your first chance at being a lead in something. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? One, I want to know your audition process. And two, I want to know what, like what kind of pressures you felt going hmm. into something that big? Okay. Yeah. My audition process for Greece. Um, I saw, I remember seeing this online post. It was an open call mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, this is cool. I know I, at that point I wasn't even thinking about being an actor yet. So I was like, Oh, 
a dance audition will come my way. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll just wait for that. And I was actually pushing that audition to my actor friends. I'm like, you should do this. You're perfect for this. You're a dancer, you're an actor. You should apply for this. Uh, open call went past. They tried to cast a bunch of people. It didn't work out. And then I ended up just auditioning for this small role. Um, mm. And it was also a dancer role. There was a bunch of Canadian dancers that auditioned and they got brought on as literally just chorus performers. And I was a part of that group initially. Mm. And I remember my, my, my biggest inspiration during this project was the late, great Naya Rivera. Um, oh, love her. I remember seeing an interview of hers. Uh, I relate a lot to her. And her first season, she barely had any lines, like one or two, mm. maybe. But I remember her saying that she did everything that she could in the background, snapping her neck, snapping her fingers, giving the camera the reactions as much as she could to the point where everybody on set knew that there was an undeniable story that needs to be told there. Mm. And so every day I went on to set from that point, I had her in the back of my mind and I thought, I'm going to do everything I can to just shine and show them why my character needs to be brought to the front. And yeah, it went from one line the first episode to three to four to five and it just grew from there so i that yes there was pressure to do well but also the cast and crew was just so supportive every single person on the set was so lovely and so supportive and was so willing to teach uh, and share uh, and it just made the whole process so so easy breezy Mm. um and yeah, all the one, all the worries of am I doing this right just went away, and we were all just allowed yeah. to play, which is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> well, as Lin Manuel Miranda would say, "Do not throw away your shot," um, because mm-hmm. that was clearly what you did. Mm-hmm. You just like, I mean, some of the best reoccurring and even lead characters on television shows started out as one-liners. I mean, Agreed. there's this famous story of um, my friend Kate Linder, who's been on The Young and the Restless for like 50 years. She mm-hmm. was on for like one episode as the maid, and she was so funny that they kept bringing her back. And then all of a sudden, she's like the star of the show. And she, yes. they just never, like, they never let her go. And it's incredible what you can do. And it's truly a testament to your own talent as well to say like, no, I'm going in and I'm giving everything and they're going to notice me and I will be back. Yes. That was, that that was my mantra. I will be back. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good mantra to have. (laughs) It is. I mean, that's what you kind of have to do in this industry, right? You got to like continually put your best foot forward and make sure that you're living the moment and that you're Mm -hmm. in it fully all the time so that you can be brought back yes oh i i hate to like go back to glee again but like i remember the first time i watched kurt and blaine kiss and like feeling represented on 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 tv like that was so magical and i remember there was a moment while i was filming greece i was like i'm living that reality right now i am playing a asian male gay character on a musical it's just insane and having that out-of-body experience again just made me feel so much more in love with this art of acting 
I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about your new movie, Joyride, which is coming out July 7th. Crazy. Tell me everything about it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, it's an R-rated um, comedy. It is dirty. Yes. <laughs> it is raunchy. They are going there. When I watched it, I was my mouth was open the whole time. I would have laughed more, but I was holding my in my pee. <laughs> oh my god! When I laugh, I I almost urinate. <laughs> oh my so god! So I was like, I can't laugh, but this is hilarious. Ha 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 ha! Um, I've heard that it's like the new bridesmaids. Like it's gonna be yeah. a smash it, hit. It's bridesmaids meets girls girls trip meets hangover. Mm. Yeah. Um, with an all Asian cast, it's just something that I never thought that I would see. But I'm so proud to be a part of this this new age of cinema where we're representing everybody and of all types of colors and shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about your character in Joyride. What you can? Yeah. Um, so he is the K-pop stan of the basketball team that the girls embark on, let's say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the whole process went by so quickly. I guess it was my first time on set. This happened before Grease. So it was like my, yeah, my first time on set as an actor and it went by so quickly, but the audition process was insane. Um, Mm. It was, it was, it all happened during peak COVID yeah. Uh, so, but the weird thing was this audition was in person. And I know that, <laughs> I know it, it was weird. So I was like, oh, I guess this must be how it normally is since it was my first audition. And every audition since then has just been a self-tape. So I guess it wasn't a normal thing. <laughs> and <laughs> I know when it's a big audition, when my uh, agent tells me, you should probably get a reader for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yep. She didn't tell me that this time because it, it was an in-person audition. But when I went in, it was crazy because the audition they sent me was in a whole other language, uh, Mandarin, which I mm. speak Cantonese. <laughs> uh, so you're like, excuse me, uh, this isn't computing. <laughs> this isn't computing. So I got on a FaceTime call with my mom. I'm like, these lines are in Mandarin. I need you to help me right now, <laughs> like right now. And so she worked it through with me. I memorized all the lines in Mandarin. Wow. I thought it would be a lot easier because I'm like, oh, it's Chinese. It's Chinese. It's no, it is no. a whole different ballpark. It is crazy. The sounds I, yeah, I got the call back. <laughs> um, insane. I was like, oh my God, I killed the Mandarin. I, I killed it. <laughs> and they call me back and they're like actually this time you can just speak your native Chinese because <laughs> oh they probably could tell that it wasn't the best they so, were okay, like yeah. that's cute but no no you look the part let's try again with yeah. what you can actually speak <laughs> <laughs> and so I did it again with, with Cantonese they, they it, I, was, I was funny I made them laugh one more round of callbacks and this was like a month and a half of auditioning Oof. for this for this yeah principal role i mean i was just strung on and i was like oh my god am i gonna get this it was my, it, that this was like the first audition that i got from my agent mm. i begged them i was like please 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 
And even just getting the call back, I was like, okay, I did something right. They see yeah. something in me. But if I were to book it, that would just even, that would just push it over the edge. That would just show mm-hmm. them that I am here to work. Mm. And it, it happened. And Wild. Shooting went by like a, a week or two on set. And then you forget about it for two years. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get invited to the premiere. You celebrate. And then there's just this beautiful movie that exists now. Mm. And uh, it's surreal. Yeah, it is surreal. It's like, and it's wild to, I always feel, feel like it's like pushing a baby out into the world. Like you just put your child out there and now everybody gets to judge it. And you're just like, here you go. Have fun. <laughs> Her name is Joyride. Her name is Joyride. Um, please be kind to her. We love her. Thank you. Um, that's that's quite the audition. I love that. What a great yeah. story. That was supposed to be my story for later, but you know, no, this was perfect. It. This is we're good. Then we did the story. We don't even need to go there now. We have it. Um, <laughs> that's so awesome. I. I mean, you're you're at the start of your career now. I mean, technically, it's like your second career, but you're at the start of your second career. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned like Michelle Yeoh and Naya Rivera. Are there any other actors that you have found inspiration from, specifically to like different genres? Yeah, um, I've always been in love with comedy. I love making people laugh. I love making mm. my friends laugh and that's kind of the realm that I want to go for. And um, I think everything that Key and Peele does, they're so funny. Yes. <laughs> Their point of view is hilarious. And and I just remember growing up watching them and, and they weren't afraid to cross lines. And I love that about them. Mm. Uh, they're definitely huge inspirations of mine. Um, who else? Who else? Harry Shum. Uh, love. Love him. Mainly because I relate to him so much. Again, Glee yeah. and he, him being a dancer first. And, and it's insane. Manny. Uh, Manny mm-hmm. Jacinto. Oh my gosh. Story. He is so funny. Crazy story. We actually dance on the same company together. At, uh, he was on the company before me. And my partner danced with him. Oh my god! And then he left the company, and then I joined the company here in Vancouver. So this was before he was even an actor. So we got to know uh, Manny as as a dancer in Vancouver, and now he's just propelled into stardom. Completely. (laughs) I'm just so inspired by him because he's a member of our community, um, Mm. and it just shows that it doesn't matter where you're from if you go for it, and if you're talented, and if you you put the work in. You can do anything. Your reality can be anything. Yeah. I mean, that's the key, right? It's all about persistency and making sure that you've honed your craft and that you're working all the time on it. Yes. Love that. Um, So now that you're in the acting world and you're in the filmmaking world, do you see yourself going um, into any other job pursuits in filming? Do you see yourself as a producer or director someday? I've always wanted to choreograph a movie uh, or a show or just choreograph a music video. I feel like that'd be so cool. uh, Being a teacher in Vancouver, uh, I also direct a bunch of teams. So working again with dancers, I feel like working, that's like the height 
of our industry in terms of choreographers mm-hmm. getting to choreograph something like Aladdin. Working with Jamal Sims has been uh. for the gr- most part of my career too. He's been there since Descendants to now Greece, and getting to work alongside him has been so life changing. And and I've learned so much from his point of view and um, how prepared he is and how, but at the same time combating that with how creative and 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 that uh, his ability to just freestyle things and, and go with the flow but still have his his end goal and end point of view come across it's just mm. so special to watch and it's just magic and you can't really learn from from watching you have to just be in his presence and yeah. i aspire to to lead like that one day ah that's so cool yeah i love that uh, well, the last question that I'm going to ask you here, and it's something new that I'm asking because I figured why not. Um, what is the movie that is your, not not like your favorite movie, but the movie that makes you want to continue doing what you're doing? Oh, that is such a good question. Oh my God. And I have a clear answer. Yes. Popped right into my head. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Done. I watched it five, six times. So many, I I had to bring my mom into it. I was like, you need to watch this. Like, it was just so, oh my God. Hmm. Cathartic in the sense that sitting in that theater, weeping next to my mom, getting that experience and hearing lines being delivered in Chinese. <laughs> it was it was just something that I never thought would be possible now. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's break, the, the movie was everything. It was so much, it was, it was an action film. It was a family film. It was, it, oh my God. When I think about it, it just, I, it just leaves me speechless. And it, Kiwi Kwan, the I mean, way he talks about the film just summarizes exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just excited for this new age, uh, this new wave of Asians being represented in film. I'm yes. just so happy to be a part of it and to, yes. um, yeah, to just be standing here with everyone, having a seat at the table. Ah, yes. Yeah. Well, it has been so lovely to get to know you. I can't wait to see the next thing that you're in. Um, how can people follow you on social media to stay up to date? Yes, you can follow me on uh, Instagram or TikTok at Victor Lau. Um, that, those are the two that you can That's use. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, everything else is pretty much down the drain at this point, right? Like nobody really cares. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. It really has been such a pleasure and I can't wait to see what you do. Thank you so much, Jillian. It's been so awesome. Thanks again to Victor for coming on the show. Check out Joyride in theaters now. And if you want to see this entire episode with us talking face-to-face, go ahead and go to our Patreon. Those links are in the show notes. Again, this might be au revoir for a few weeks. So if it is au revoir, I hope you all have a fantastic summer break. And I will talk to you soon. And until then, thanks for coming in.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.